0: Hello and welcome to the December 13th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. everybody and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today and of course it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. I am trying my very best to be upbeat, to be positive, to uh, present a good show today, present a a, um, valuable information. Whether or not that's going to happen, I, I don't know. I have a feeling that much of this episode is going to revolve around Mr. Joe's life to some extent, and and I don't feel bad any longer because there are a lot of times I actually do feel bad reporting on my own uh, trials and tribulations and, and struggles. But I have to tell you, most recently, many of the emails that have come through um, have indicated to me by my listeners that many of you are enjoying coming along for the ride with Mr. Joe. And you actually enjoy hearing about my family and about my struggles and and how I tie it into bipolar disorder. So that makes me feel good. So hopefully I can um, continue to do that for everybody. Entertain and educate, which is my primary goal. Now, uh, before I get into anything, it's very important for me to speak on, touch on, uh, announce, whatever, whatever words you want to utilize. Most importantly, um, thank. I think from my perspective, thank is the word that I like to use. I'd like to thank a very, very special listener that actually um, oftentimes will direct message with me on Twitter. And It was interesting because when I received a very generous gift from this person, um, I had no idea who I was writing to. <laughs> so when I wrote this person and I thanked them for their pledge, uh, which is very kind. And to be honest, guys, I don't even know what it, I mean, until I get those pledges, which is something called a patron pledge of some sort. All I know is I, I, um, I signed up for that when I first created my podcast and it was a way in which people can pledge a certain amount of money and it comes to me, you know, directly from them, you know, a dollar, $5, $10, whatever, none of it matters. I did it because it was kind of like required, or at least I thought it was required in the beginning. And I never thought twice about it. And every once in a blue moon, somebody will come through and they will pledge. I don't announce everybody's pledges because before I announce it, I don't, uh, I, I need to confirm with people that they want to be announced. And quite honestly, a lot of people do not want to be identified in any way whatsoever because, well, they have bipolar disorder. Uh, for me, obviously, I have never identified myself, but there are many reasons why, other than the fact that, uh, t- t- to be honest, <laughs> the interesting thing is one of the only reasons why... um I would love to identify myself is actually because I have bipolar disorder, interestingly enough. There are other reasons why I don't want to identify myself. But nevertheless, I'd like to make a special mention. Her name on Twitter is Goddess of Day, and that's spelled G-O-D-D-E-S-S of Day, O-F-D-A-Y. She's awesome. Her and I, like I said, direct message back. and her, Her first name is Amber. And she actually lives in a place in which I have absolutely no clue where it is. I do know the state, but it's called College Station, Texas. So all the way from College Station, Texas to Mr. Joe's neighborhood, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, Amber, for your generous pledge and uh, being part of the podcast family. And, you know, she's got her own struggles, too, just like all of us do. And she's very transparent about it on Twitter, as most of my listeners are. And I think that's great. I think it's a great means for us as a family to communicate, check in on one another, and uh, you know report on our own progress and follow each other's progress. So it's a great way to communicate. And, of course, you're always free to reach out to me at MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com. I, I failed to give that email address I really don't offer it anymore because I feel as if so many of you already have that email address. But for those of you who are kind of going backwards, which has also been brought to my attention by a few of my listeners, that uh, I was under the impression that everybody would start from the beginning and work their way up. But apparently a lot of people start with a, a recent episode and kind of work their way backwards. Um, I think even Amber might have said that. I don't remember. Uh, but, but besides Amber, there were quite a few other people who had definitely mentioned that. So for the simple fact that I might be forgetting to provide my email address to the new listeners, BP at Yahoo.com, or of course you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Bipolar Joe. So with that being said, let's give you a quick update on my health insurance. Well, I'm covered. I'm covered for the month of November. My place of employment, they put me on a brand new plan, so to speak, for just the one month. And it's a very high deductible plan, but it should cover all the necessities of the month which really include my wife's pregnancy visit. So, dipping into our pockets is probably not going to be an issue. Now, yes, the premium is very expensive. So, I'm going to be paying. It's the lower of the two um, insurance benefit packages. So, at least I'm not getting completely slammed. But, you know, I'm, I'm paying a pretty decent amount for the month. It is what it is. At least we'll have coverage. And as of. January 1st, my company will actually be offering a, um, a new insurance company, which is great. I'm, I'm actually very excited to have that um, because evidently I'll be a part of it because by then uh, I don't think I'll hear from COBRA. And quite honestly, the only thing that I want to hear from COBRA, which is, you know, the personal private health insurance that I got through my former company is whether or not they are going to allow me to be covered for the month of November in which I thought I was covered that entire time. Guys, we're talking about that nose procedure in which they stick this snake thing up your nose into your nostrils and look around with a camera. We're talking about a CAT scan. We're talking about blood work. We're talking about pregnancy visits. Apparently there was several dental appointments that I thought took place in December, but apparently took place in November. Either way I denied the coverage of dental for this month and I'll pick it up in January. I I denied it after I found out that my children went in December. I, I totally had no idea. I had the dates mixed up. So they had some dental work. Obviously everybody here knows that I had some major dental stuff that went on. Um, and unfortunately the reality, the harsh reality of the situation is that everything will be asked to uh, essentially the dental insurance and the medical insurance will call all those doctors and they will ask for refunds and the doctors will have to give it to them. And then I'll hear from the doctors and they will start to, um, collect their money. Now I'm hoping to God that they don't charge me the full price. Maybe they'll work with me, but again, the heart, the Harsh reality of the situation is that I'm going to owe a lot of money to November bills, and I will cross that bridge when I get to that. And speaking of the reality of situations, let's let's be realistic about this damn tooth. Okay, as much as I want to shut up, and so I, I don't know how many of you roll your eyes out there when Mister Joe says the tooth. I mean, it's got to be annoying at this point, but. Let's face the facts, guys, okay? God only knows how long this has been going on. Really, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Months. So, one of two things is happening here. Either it's just a really bad, long infection that stems from six months of poor oral hygiene because I was not taught the proper way to clean that implant, or I'm going to drop dead from an infection that nobody can see and only I can feel. And eventually it's going to travel to every part of my body. I mean, let's be realistic here. I know it sounds crazy, but to have this feeling for so long, and I got to tell you guys, now that it has left the tip of my nose or underneath my nose and it has moved down the pressure more towards the tooth, which I have to imagine obviously is not the tooth because the tooth is cosmetic so when I, I squint my nose or whatever you know um, crinkle my nose and I feel the pain in the cosmetic part it's because the swelling is now down there and the swelling must push on the cosmetic part so there has to be swelling around the tooth uh, or around the uh, screw the sad thing is I can't see it because that stupid gum is covering it and uh, No, I'm afraid to even take it off to be honest and the truth is as I attack that area things just they haven't gotten worse but they're not getting better they're really not they're not getting better and I got to tell you with my water pick last night oh good god and this morning it really hurt and it never did, did hurt before so I don't know maybe I'm hitting something there that that is killing the infection I have no idea but again the reality of the implant is something is wrong i i and guys i've had it i've absolutely had it i'm done i don't want to think about this anymore how freaking long can a person go through this misery i mean really so anyway that's that believe it or not i woke up feeling well Huh. We got to get into how I woke up <laughs> because that was not actually fun how I wo- believe it or not how I went to bed and how I woke up are two very disturbing ways in which I went about both now today the good news is I feel like my depression is starting to lift I really do isn't that awesome I mean uh, the life the life the good times and life of a rapid cycler I mean, for what it's worth, when I got here to work today, I was actually engaging in that stupidity that I used to do where I could, and and I've described this in some of my earlier episodes, when I felt that pressured speech, and I actually couldn't stop singing and vocalizing and making weird sounds, almost like a tick. And it's like you have no control over it, and it has to come out, and it's quite embarrassing, Um, but I do it anyway, I really do, I engage in it, and I engaged it it, as I walked down from my car down the hill to my office, I mean, like like Mr. Wackadoo, walking down, literally talking out loud, like somebody who has schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder. So whatever you want to call it, I'll tell you this, it probably didn't look normal if anybody was watching me, but I could not help it. So what does that tell you? Mr. Joe is cycling probably about to step into hypomania and good God, that's what I wanted. And I asked for it yesterday. So maybe I'm getting my wish. Uh, let's just hope that it stays there for quite some time, but we all know how the rapid cycling happens and I'm not going to, um, get too ahead of myself and think that I would be that lucky. Now, Here's how I went to bed last night. I actually fell asleep pretty well, obviously. Like I've said many times in the past, sometimes I will fall asleep with my earbuds in and I'll be listening to a podcast. And I did that last night and as I'm sleeping and listening to this podcast and clearly not listening anymore because now I'm sleeping, my phone's ringing and when your phone rings and you got earbuds the phone rings right in your ear and it's ringing and it's ringing and I'm sleeping and dreaming right through it and then all of a sudden I realize that hey my phone's ringing and it's kind of late like who the heck could be calling me so I look and of course it's my daughter and that's never a good thing because obviously she's at her other home with my ex-wife it's now midnight I've been woken up and I say to myself what in the God's name is my daughter doing up at midnight when she's got school in the morning well let me just tell you I answered that phone and my daughter was hysterically crying we stayed on the phone for an hour and the words that came out of her mouth such as dad I can't do this anymore I can't live with her I can't be around her I don't even want to be here Um, she tortures me I'm so sad I mean breaking my heart in every way imaginable, and guess what guys, the saddest thing of all, like a child, like a child, and I'm not talking about my daughter, like a child, my ex-witch, all I did was hear her every like eight to twelve minutes come barging into my daughter's room and just start randomly cursing and screaming and calling her names like a sicko, like an absolute sicko witch and You know, there was a point where I was trying to coach my daughter through and said, Just ignore her, that doesn't doesn't work, you know, speak nicely to her, that doesn't work and guys, let's be real here. I know I lived it for God a decade. Where that woman used to chase me around the house, didn't matter where I went. I mean I could have crawled in a rabbit hole and that woman would have found me somehow, some way. Been right up my butt, just torturing me like she's doing to my daughter. Now Here's the significant part of what I'd like to mention in in terms of my daughter. She gave me the feeling last night, and while I know it's related to my ex-wife, I had this feeling like, for the first time, my daughter was feeling mentally ill. Really. You know, expressing a, a, a ton of anxiety, which I know she suffers from already, but had seemed to gotten over, and she really, really sounded in, in, in my opinion, like she was suffering from a mental health perspective last night. Now, while she didn't come out and say, you know, Dad, I don't, I don't want to kill myself, it's, it reminded me so much of me in terms of her hyperventilating, inability to control her emotions, inability to stop crying. And again, I know this was all prompted by an argument that occurred with her mom, my ex-wife. I get that, but there's a certain way that regardless of what transpires, there's a certain way that a quote-unquote typical person can handle a situation. And my daughter was not able to handle the situation. As a matter of fact, she handled it in, in a very um, similar way than I, that I would handle it. Number one, because she's my daughter and the apple doesn't fall far. And number two, that's what she grew up looking at and watching a lot when it came to her dad and it's it's sad it really is now what's the outcome I really don't know she's probably not going to move in I mean even though last night she said I want to move in with you she says that on the spur of the moment when things are bad because the truth is she never is going to leave her friends maybe once she graduates high school which will be in two years she'll be with me who knows what I do know is That the fighting went on so late and for so long that my daughter had asked if she could stay home. Now, keep this in mind, everybody. My daughter has a cumulative average in 10th grade right now of a 97. 97. She's in in advanced placement, honor roll classes, college level in one or two classes, and she's in 10th grade. That's how brilliant this girl is. And... I don't think she's missed a day of school in the last two years, really. And she has to stay home because of the fight that went on. And I get it. She didn't even have time to do her homework. That's how long they were fighting. And that witch was screaming at her, You're going to school. Just like that. You're going to school, you little B-I-T-C-H. You know, my, my ex-wife has even used the C word. And called my daughter the C-word. It's it's disgusting. It's appalling. Her behavior is absolutely appalling. And it makes all the sense in the world why yesterday she hit me up with, I'm going to claim both kids on taxes now. I don't know if I got into that part. But she started torturing me with saying she's going to take me back to court and yada yada. I mean, come on. I, I don't, who, who cares? Um, but my daughter wanted to stay home. And I approved of it. Not my ex wife, and you know what? My poor daughter, she was up this morning going to school. I'm very proud of her and you know, her thing was I'm just gonna get through the day, Dad. I'll figure it out. And you know, she's a tough kid, she really is. Tougher than me. Definitely tougher than me. And I think she's discovered who she is and what her brain is all about a hell of a lot quicker than I did. I thought all this stuff was normal. I mean, all the things. She has never told me that she's seen people or heard voices. And she's gotten to an age now where I just had to ask her. I did. I don't want to put anything in her head. But, you know, her dad, this is important. I need to know these things because there were times where I mentioned things to my parents or at least my mom. And it was kind of just blown off. Really blown off. I'll never forget how I used to wander around my house and I used to sit at the top of the stairs. I couldn't have been more than seven years old, maybe even younger, as, you know, sounds and names would call me from the top of the stairs and say, get into bed, get into bed, get into bed. If you don't get into bed, we're going to eat you. I mean, I guess that's what a seven-year-old brain makes up in their head or when you have schizoaffective disorder. But I'm uh, this age, I still remember back to that. The moaning, the whining, the crying that I used to hear when I was little. I still remember the face of the person that swung on a swing next to me in the backyard. I mean, just insane, you know. So these are things that I never really had support about. And God knows what age I was until I really figured it all out. I mean, we've spoken about it before, but I don't even know my memory's going, guys, if you haven't noticed already. So anyway, that's the way that I fell asleep. So clearly my sleep was not a good one. It was extremely um, disturbed, tossing and turning all night long. And truthfully, this seems to just be a common occurrence with me. Sleep is just a disaster with Mr. Joe. Now, the unfortunate thing is, that as I described I went to bed in a certain way and I woke up in a certain way and we're not always going to remember our dreams and I know I've done podcasts on dreams before probably specifically if I think back correctly dreams about drugs and doing drugs and how real it could be and let me talk to you about a real dream and it's not an in-depth description of what I went through but I will tell you this it woke me up this morning It continued after I woke up so in other words it was happening in my dream in my sleep and when I woke up it continued and the simple description of what went on was Mr. Joe had a dream that I knew I needed to increase my medication to help me mentally and for some reason nobody would give me the extra medication to get stable and I started crying and begging for the medication. Now, who I was begging from, I don't know. I had no idea. I don't remember. I don't remember my doctor. I don't remember any family members. I just remember hysterically crying to the point where, and I kept crying and begging, don't you want me to be well? I need to be well. I need to take medicine, more medicine, more medicine. Crying hysterically in my dreams, and ultimately it woke me up, and I actually had tears rolling down my face and I was crying when I woke up almost like out of a movie or, or, or a cartoon. and it scared the living hell out of me it really did and I mean what does that say I don't know I mean if I was to think about it from a psychological standpoint I would think that crying In a dream will reveal certain feelings that a person didn't even know existed within their body. Now, I think I know (laughs) that these negative feelings exist. So, rather than it be a revelation, it's almost more like a confirmation that there are negative emotions swirling around in my life, in my brain that are caused by real life events. And unfortunately with Mr. Joe, I was unable to stop that crying in my dream and ultimately it woke me up. So I have to wonder, does that show how helpless and hopeless and sad I really feel about my life in general? Now to make matters worse, when I woke up this morning... Uh, my wife had to go for a glucose test, which unfortunately ended up never happening. She ended up coming home. This is for her pregnancy. She had to come back home because she forgot the prescription and was never able to find it. So that just goes to show you where my wife's brain is at right now. I mean, she's lost in the wilderness, man. I mean, that woman is absolutely gone bonkers. Uh, you know, if there's a such thing as a pregnancy brain, whatever it is, I love it to death, but my God, is she in Never Never Land. Uh, but as I was saying, when I woke up, my wife wasn't there. And of course, she had brought little Junior, uh, not Junior, my apologies, Mickey, into the bed with us. So when he woke up, all of a sudden, Mickey starts inching his way towards me He puts his little arm on my face, snuggles in, and then all of a sudden he realizes, this isn't mom. (laughs) And let me tell you, I snuggle with my kids all the time. Obviously not my older ones anymore. They punch me in the face. Uh, Those days are long gone. But my little, you know, when they were little and my little guy, I mean, if you haven't noticed, and I don't know if there's any way that you could notice, Mr. Joe is an extremely sensitive, loving parent. Maybe too much. Um, Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I have no idea. But it's one of my better better qualities in terms of who I am as an individual. And I am actually very proud of the father that I am. Um, I'm not proud of the father that I used to be. Even though I always tried to provide and always tried to maintain my sobriety. Obviously, I was not always able to do that uh my my children saw me behave in a way that I've discussed many times before that is just utterly disgraceful and I'm grateful that my quote unquote newest child is young enough where all the nonsense that I went through back in November of two thousand seventeen when he was born just a few months before that um he was too young to notice any of it. You know, he's not going to remember any of that, the banging of the heads and the bleeding and the, and the scars and the cuts. Now I've had my moments. I have definitely screamed in front of him, but not enough where he will remember it the way my older children remember it. And because I'm for the most part under control from my medication. Uh, so I, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm a cuddler, that's for sure. But when it comes to cuddling in the morning, he wants mommy. And he looked up at me and he's like, oh boy, you're not mommy. He sat up, he gave a little whine. And I thought for sure that he was going to start his nonsense. And of course, overdramatic, Mr. Joe immediately grabs the phone, texts his wife, where are you? <laughs> Even though I know where she is. And she's like, oh, uh, blood work. I'm like, I know that, how long? And she's like, why, what's up? I'm like, he's hysterical crying for you. (laughs) I mean, this is, these are the exaggerate, you know, the things that we do. We exaggerate. We're we're liars. Uh, We anticipate the worst. Just moronic behavior. Meanwhile, the kid's laughing, you know, but I'm just ready to be so stressed out about what I've anticipated to happen. And then she shoots back at me and says, it takes an hour, the test, which I had no idea. So then I'm like, oh, good God. So I just put the phone down and sucked it up and said, you know what? It actually could have been a lot worse than it was. Instead of crying for 10 seconds, which is not a big deal at all, this kid could have been hysterical crying. And I I should have known. I mean, you know, when I get home, my wife goes out. He's with me for hours and hours. He doesn't doesn't even take a second glance at the door when my wife leaves. He doesn't care. As long as he's got mommy or daddy, he's happy. None of that matters. He doesn't have any favorites, of course. He's definitely more, uh, you know, with my wife. If he gets hurt, he runs to her. Um, but you know, for the most part, he's fine. We could leave him with anybody. He's not one of those children where you know he's looking for us if he stays with grandma, grandpa. He's fine. He's totally fine. So he was totally fine this morning. Also, very demanding walking me around the entire house, showing me all the things he wants that I just cannot provide for him. And when my wife strolled in, I felt bad about the fact that she couldn't find a prescription. But believe me, deep down inside, I was kind of happy because now I knew I could shower and I could get myself together and iron my clothes, all of which had to be done because I didn't do it last night. Now, the showering I do in the morning regardless, but the clothing I usually do at night. And like a bum, I waited for it all this morning. Um, because honestly, when I was home last night, I was so depressed I couldn't do it. I mean, that's a simple explanation. What in the world made me think that I was going to wake up and be any more capable of doing those things is beyond me. And of course, I, not only that, I woke up hysterical crying. So once my wife walked in, it actually gave me the motivation to do what I had to to do, because at that point I was able to say to myself, good, now I don't have to be in two places at once, meaning I don't have to shower, stick my head out the curtain, wonder what he's doing. Uh, Is his head in a toilet bowl? Is he up on a table? I mean, you know, um, so it was much more of a, of a easygoing morning than I had anticipated, ultimately leading to Mr. Joe pulling into work and skipping and dancing and jolly and happy and zippity doo da day as I walk down the the hill to my office, like I explained before, like a complete psychopath. At least we could laugh about it, everybody. At least we could talk about it. At least we could talk about it. At At least some of you can identify with it that Mr. Joe has entered into the hypomania twilight zone. Okay, the rapid cycling twilight zone, I'm overconfident, I'm conceited, I'm all those things right now, in a way where I'd be embarrassed to really say the things that I wanted to say in terms of what I feel about myself. Tell you the one thing that we're going to do on a podcast real soon is talk about um, sexual dysfunction. I think I'm going to save that for the next podcast. Um, We have to talk about that. We really do. And uh, I'll give you a a little taste of what's going on. Things are not right. You know, Mr. Joe, Mr. Joe spent his entire life being an extremely sexual person, probably too sexual. And that's the God's honest truth in in more ways than I could even describe. And I think people with (laughs) many people with bipolar disorder could get a little um, little funky. To say the least, you know we do some wild and crazy things, and you know, that's always the way it was my entire life. And a number of different women, and a number, a number of different things that I tried, and um, ways I went about it, and tools and toys that were used, and you know just crazy stuff. No, um, no bisexual activity. I mean, if I'm just completely being honest, no bisexual activity. But you know, like a real animal a real animal in bed who thought that, you know, he was uh, Mr. Macho Man. And now Mr. Macho Man is not so macho anymore. And I'm trying to figure out. It's not that I don't like the idea of sex. It's not that I don't want to have sex, I don't think. I don't know what it is. I just know that, you know, Mr. Mr. Little Bipolar Mr. Joe down below, I don't know, he's sleeping, he really is, he's been asleep lately, and we'll talk more about it during our next podcast, everybody, so give you something to look forward to, we don't spend a lot of time talking about hypersexuality, or bipolar, and sex, and romance, and I think it's about time we delve into that category, probably next time around, and um, like I said, give you guys something to look forward to. In closing, I'd like to say if you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with your mental health, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day. Talk to you again real soon.